Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls of all ages. You are tuned in to the Moneyline Madness podcast. My name is Matt Sherico. I'm here with my co-host, the one and only Andy B. How we doing, Andy? I'm amazing. It's my favorite day of the year. Let's get started. Dude, hell yeah. It is draft day. If you guys are, you know, living under rocks out there, um, it is NFL draft day and we couldn't be more excited. We're here to give you guys our mock top tens. We're going to give you who we think each of our teams, the Giants and Packers, who we think they should take. And we're going to sprinkle in a couple NBA bets on top of that. So without further ado, you want to uh, you want to talk some draft? You ready to talk ball? Let's talk a little draft. How about uh, this is one of my favorite days of the year, even though the last two years have kind of sucked for my team. I know your team has had a little bit better success, but also not as not as great. But I hope for both of us it's a lot better today. I think we both expect it to be. Yeah, I really uh, I'm expecting the Giants to come out. There's really not a losing scenario in this for the Giants, you know, unless no. they come out and they take a quarterback and a wide receiver with both of their first round picks. Um, I mean, in that case, we deserve, that. we deserve everything that comes to us in that case. But even then, like that's <laughs> bad, but it ain't it ain't awful. So what yeah. I'm hoping for the New York Giants is to come out with one offensive lineman and then one defensive player. I really think that that's what the Giants need to kind of give them that foundation because realistically, they're not winning anything next year. Everybody knows that. So for right now, we need to focus on the future a couple years ahead of now, and we need to start building that foundation for when we really want to compete when if we think that Daniel Jones is that guy down the line. That that's very true. They're not winning anything right now, but it's very rare. We have two. Both of our teams have two first round picks now. Now, yours are very early. The Packers are very late. The Jets also have two picks. I don't think I've ever seen this many teams have multiple picks in the first round. And I'm actually here for it because it means your first pick, you have to get that one right. Because then your second one, you're going to have to you're going to take probably the best need. But with the first one, take the best player. So I think we could see the top four players go right away. That's that's something rare in the draft. And also, no quarterbacks in the top five is going to be extremely weird. Yeah, absolutely. It almost doesn't seem right. It Yeah, no, it doesn't. And the fact that there really isn't a solidified number one overall pick in no. the way there has been in previous years. It's really up in the air, whether it could be Walker, whether it could be Hutchinson, whether it could be even Neal. You know, people don't mm-hmm. know. There really isn't uh, an exact thought as to who it could be. Even Vegas, the odds have been changing yeah. constantly. So with that being said, number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Andy B, who are you selecting? The Georgia Bulldog, Trayvon Walker. Now, I'm going to explain this really easily. The only reason I have them taking Walker is because it ain't going to be Thibodeau. And he, they need an edge rusher. So, And I'm not taking Aiden Hutchinson if I'm them. Aiden Hutchinson, I've said it many times, I think, on this podcast. He, has, he didn't play the competition. And he wasn't successful in the one game he played against great competition. So, with that being said, Trayvon Walker kind of came out of nowhere. I watched every college game the kid played. And it was weird because I looked at him as a mid-first-round pick. And then... Out of nowhere, the combine happens and he shoots up to top five. And now, looking tonight, he's probably going to be the first name called. He's the odds-on favorite on FanDuel and on DraftKings. I looked everywhere to see if there was anybody that didn't have him, and they don't. So I'm kind of going with the uh, with the Masters on this one. And just taking Trayvon for the win. Well, I uh, 
I'm unfortunately not giving Jacksonville that much credit. I think that if there was anybody that would figure out a way to mess up the number one pick, uh, it would be Jacksonville. And I think that Trayvon Walker probably is the safe pick there. He's a physical specimen. Obviously, he played good competition while at Georgia. And like you said, it was looking like he was going to be a mid-first round pick. And then all of a sudden, you realize that these guys don't even have to play football in order for their stock to rise or plummet. So we saw that, obviously, with Walker. We're seeing that a little bit with Thibodeau because he was projected originally before the season to be, you know, a top three pick. And now he's potentially even slipping out of the top ten, they're saying. Yeah. I do have him still in my top ten, but, you know, you just never know what you're going to see. With the number one overall pick, I do have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Aiden Hutchinson. I think that they are going to mess up that pick. And I think that they were looking at Aiden Hutchinson as a T.J. Watt-esque type of build. And I think that's the blueprint that they're going to try and follow. I don't think that they really know entirely that they want Walker. So I believe him falling to two at uh, with Detroit is where that's going to end up. We're going to see two edge rushers, in my opinion, back-to-back off the board and going with Hutchinson and then Walker. Yeah, I have the same two different combination. I've got Walker and then I've got Hutchinson. Now, Hutchinson, the reason I think Detroit takes him, hometown kid from Michigan, went to Michigan. Detroit's in Michigan, if people didn't know. Um, and they need an edge rusher. They they really don't need that much offensive line help, and that would be the next best thing. I mean, of my first six picks, three edge rushers, three offensive tackles. So, honestly, and looking at that, there's really no need there. And they took a corner a few years ago that they still have. Odokas. Uh, Okuda? I don't know how to say it. But, yeah, it, they, they don't really need quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And there's no quarterback in that. That's their probably their biggest need, actually, quarterback. And there's none in there that they're taking. So nah, they they would wait for that if so. Yeah. So, all right. So right now you have number one Trayvon Walker. I have number one Aiden Hutchinson, and then obviously flip flopped for year two being Hutchinson and my two being Walker. At this number is, three with the Houston Texans, let me hear who you think they're going with. So this is where it gets weird. I've seen this guy pick tenth. I've seen this guy pick first in so many different mocks around the world. I've got Evan Neal. He's the best offensive tackle. Houston, at this point, take the best player. There's no Again, their need is probably a guy who can compete with Davis Mills. They they need they have a lot of needs, but in this case, let's take the best player and, and the best offensive tackle in this for that case is is Evan Neal. So Yeah, we got a little bit of a group of those three offensive linemen right over there, yeah. whether it be Cross, Neal, or Iquanu. You really can't go wrong, I feel. I think yeah. that Cross might be the least uh, you know, physically gifted out of those yeah. three. But realistically, if you're, you know, sitting at three, four, five, or six you're going to end up with one of those guys, you know, like one of those premier offensive linemen are going to fall to you. And, you know, for a team like the Giants, the Jets, the Texans, or even, you know, the Panthers, that's exactly what you need. That foundational guy on the edge, that's going to give you that, you know, protection your quarterback needs. So I actually have them taking Ikamakuanu. And I think that, like I said, it's just there's three guys right there with all around the same skill set. So you really can't go wrong. Um, like you're saying, everyone's jumping all over the place in these mocks. You know, yeah. it's really there really isn't nothing set in stone like that that could tell me that they really are locking in on this guy or they're really locking in on this guy because everyone kind of has similar needs in this top 10. That's what makes tonight fun, in my opinion, more fun than any other draft. I don't think I'll be surprised with whoever's taken number one, but it's what's after that's going to surprise us. 
to 100%. be honest. So, this is, I think, the big one, though. I mean, the Jets have had miserable seasons. They've had miserable drafts. They've had miserable everything, basically. But last year was a glimmer of hope. They had Zach Wilson look bad early, look good late. Beat Tennessee, that was a crazy win for them. So they 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 don't need a quarterback. There's no quarterback up there yet. Best player, edge rusher, because I think they need defense. Kayvon Thibodeau. He's Thibodeau. Yep. so physically gifted. This guy was the number one pick going into the college football season. Got suspended, got hurt. Can't really control those things. The two guys that are being taken one and two, they got to play all the, the to the end of the season, basically, with the college football playoffs. So really nothing he could do about that. He's the most physically gifted draft pick in the past, like, five years. I mean, he is amazing with the way he can get around the field with speed, power. So, for the Jets, this would be a slam dunk. They need defense, and putting him with Quinn and Williams would be insane for that defense. So Absolutely. Got you, got that, you got that line stuffer up the middle with Quinn and Williams, and then you got that speed and athleticism with Kayvon Thibodeau coming off the edge. So, number four overall pick. For Gang Green, I completely agree. We're both going with Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. It just seems like the right pick for the Jets, honestly. The, the script is all there. And like you said, he's a physical specimen, this guy. There is no reason that he should have been falling on draft boards the way that he was, being that he just wasn't playing football. Like, that's not on that guy. You know, that's just ridiculous, in my opinion. So to see him fall, like, even I, I saw some saying that he could fall past 15. And that's yeah. just outlandish to me. Hey, but, if he's going to fall past 15, fall past 21, I'll take him in Green Bay. Like, just, Seriously? Like, on, yeah, I mean, at that point, you may as well just have the guy's yeah. stock tank completely. But yeah. I like that pick, and I think uh, the Jets are going to be you know, doing well if they could get Thibodeau at four. All right, now now moving on. We're not moving very far because the Jets-Giants play in the same place. Um, we said we were going to talk about our teams. Yep. Your team's a bit earlier than my team, so we're starting here with your team. Number five, who do you have the Giants taking this time? With the fifth overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Football Giants select from Alabama, Evan Neal, the You've offensive got Evan tackle. Neal. So, yeah, like I was saying, all three of these guys, yeah. Neal, Cross, Equanu, they could all fall whichever way the cookie crumbles, truthfully. As long as we end up with one or two, either Aquanu or Neil, I'm going to walk out a happy camper out of that top five. So regardless, like all we need to do is draft an offensive lineman. And Joe Shane, I trust this guy. He's got a good regime that he's brought in so far. They seem super knowledgeable. They've been able to work a lot with our cap space and actually give us a little bit more flexibility. So I think that they know what they're doing, and I'm trusting them with this pick that they're going to be able to get either Neil or Aquanu. I like that one. I like I said, like your like you said here, it's really any of any either. I really think Charles Cross might have the best like early career, but I think out of all of them, I think Evan Neal will probably have the best career when it comes to the offensive tackles. But you can't really go wrong with Aquanu. So I honestly I that's who I have the Giants taking from NC State. I mean, they took a few years ago they took Andrew Thomas. At this point, they need to hit on one of them, and I well, think this Thomas, is the guy who's going to hit. Well, Thomas, we saw this last season. Thomas is looking like that guy more and more. He's looking better. He definitely looks better. So, if you could get a guy like this, you know, these these are foundational pieces off rip. You know, we're yeah. looking at whoever we take in this top five. We're looking for them to come in and give us that uh, Quentin Nelson type of yeah. impact on our front four. So, I really think that one of these guys, along with Andrew Thomas being just a physical unit, can really help us out there. So I don't I don't mind your pick with Aquano. I'll, I'll take him. Like I said, I mean, 
any of those guys in the top five. Now, this is a team that uh, this this team, the next team, the Carolina Panthers, they can have a very interesting night. Now, I I didn't I was using a, a certain network to do my mock draft, and I I wanted to trade, but you have to have the premium account, and I'm not paying for that. Come on, but oh, yeah. also, um, in my head, I could see them trading this pick because. They they their biggest need is very obvious. They have a really good team. They do need offensive line help, is which is why I have them taking Charles Cross. However, in this circumstance, their biggest needs quarterback. There's no quarterback they're gonna take here that because they could just trade for Baker. So trade back, get some assets, go trade for Baker, use some of those assets to get Baker. You have your quarterback, and you maybe have a lower pick in the first round to take another offensive lineman. So I really that's what I think they could do. They could move back tonight. They're the prime team to move back because really the top 10 doesn't do much for them. But in the case of them keeping it, Charles Cross is who I have them taking from Mississippi State. Monster. Guy's a monster. On a pretty good Mississippi State team last year that did not give up many sacks. So he is a he's a monster. So I have him going to Carolina, but also don't be surprised if you see them trade, they trade tonight. Out. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I could see that entirely. And honestly, one thing that I was looking at was potentially them moving back into around the 15 to 20 range and looking at Malik Willis. Um, I was thinking that maybe if, you know, they weren't getting to him, it was going to be one of a team like New Orleans. It could be like the Falcons, somebody that's looking for a quarterback in kind of that mid first round, mid early first. Um, but yeah, I really like cross at six. Otherwise, that seems like the right pick right there. But if there was a team to trade out of that top 10, it would probably be them. Or um, I know that the Seahawks are taking some calls. I know that the Falcons are taking a few as well, but mainly it looks like if there was one, you know, standout team that really doesn't belong in the top 10 right there, it's probably Carolina. Yeah, because you know that that it had they had a nice, solid quarterback last year, they're probably a 7-8 win team. They have a lot of talent around. Their offense would be insane. I mean, their yeah, offensive they could line stay is healthy. Weak, but... Like, it's just, yeah, if you could get yeah. CMC up to par and, you know, back on the field as a regular basis, then yeah. we could really get things moving, especially if you yeah. get a guy like Cross, you know, blocking for him. Yeah. So uh, we're moving back on to your team. I know, I know you're excited. That, that's going to be a really tough. That's going to be like 40 minutes because you know how every pick takes like 15 minutes. But yep. that 40 minutes is going to be a little nervous for Matt, huh? We're waiting for who's going to be Honestly, bro, it it will, but it won't be because right here I'm sitting pretty again. Like I'm looking at seven, and with the way that we've picked thus far, both of the guys that I want selected or potentially selected are still on the board, whether it be Sauce Gardner or whether it be Derek Stingley Jr. I so think which that, one do you have? I got you sauce. have in your mock. You have sauce. I got sauce. Ooh. I got sauce. But, but I do know Stingley is a premier talent as well. Yeah. Either way, I think that you're just getting two great players. I don't know if you saw the clip, but they said to uh, Sauce Gardner yesterday, "What, uh, what makes you the number one overall cornerback in this draft?" And he kind of took a shot at Stingley, basically saying, "You know, I'm always on the field." I don't have these off-the-field issues that these other guys do. And being a team like the Giants, they really depend on those blue-collar type of guys to keep them going. And they, like, they're very uh, old-fashioned in their ways. They won't you know, really mess with a guy if he's got those off-the-field issues. I know if it, the yeah. whole Lermy Tunsil thing happened on with the Giants, he definitely was not getting picked by them. So mm -hmm. that's just one of those things. You know, I think that the Giants are going to go with Sauce Gardner here. He fits the system really well. 
our defense is super versatile at that point. You plug him in with a guy like a Dory Jackson, with a guy like Jabril Peppers. All of a sudden, we're talking about positionless defense, especially you know when, uh, down the field. So I think I have them taking Sauce Gardner at seven. Uh, what about you? So I agree with you. The Giants usually don't take guys that have off the field issues or are chemistry issues. But it's a different, it's a different era. Joe Shane, uh, Brian Dable, they were there when Stefan Diggs was traded to the Bills, and he had some drama issues apparently when he was with Minnesota. They still took him in. So I still think they get to, they're gonna take Derek Stingley. Here's my main point about it is he's the better corner. He was he didn't play as much, but when the guy played, it he wasn't playing who Sauce was playing. Uh, Sauce Gardner was playing East Carolina, Tulane every week, Navy. Like those were the teams that Sauce played. Stingley would have a string where he'd have to play uh, Alabama, then they'd have Auburn, then they'd have Mississippi State, then they'd have Mississippi. They'd have tough games on their schedule that he was going up against premier guys, and he was shutting some of them down. And that, but for Sauce, he was shutting people down. But then he got up against that Alabama game. And they gave up a lot of yards passing. Yeah, when and you see NFL level talent, yeah. yeah, things get a little so, different. So for me, just NFL ready, Stingley. I think Sauce is going to be an amazing player. I actually think they're both going to be really good. The first two corners of every draft are usually really solid players. So you usually can't go wrong with that position. So here I'm get, I got Stingley going to the Giants. I think that would be a slam dunk pick for them. Yeah, no, nah, honestly, like I said, you just can't go wrong, I feel being Joe Shane and the Giants at this point. Like, as long as you come out of here with an offensive lineman and defensive player, I am a happy camper. I really am. That's all I'm looking for. And Joe Shane knows what he's doing. He rebuilt the Bills to what they are today. And I'm confident in him to help out my Giants in a time where we really need somebody to turn to. So, (laughs) Joe Shane, if you are out there, if you listen, please make the right choice. And follow us on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. If you guys haven't, make sure you're following us on Twitter at ML Madness Pod. Quick plug, but shameless. You know how we do. do All right. Number eight. We're going to head to Atlanta. We're not talking about Trey Young today because fuck that guy. But we will be talking about who we think the Falcons are selecting with the number eight overall pick. So, Andy, let me hear it. Let's get crazy. Quarterback from Liberty, Malik Willis. That's who I have Atlanta taking. Listen, they signed Marcus Mariota. Fine. That does absolutely nothing for me. It doesn't move the needle even at maybe an inch, but not not very far. So I've got Malik Willis because I think he's the best quarterback long term in the NFL. Obviously, he plays a little bit of a style people are scared of, but quarterbacks are so protected nowadays anyway, it doesn't matter. So I saw him play against Ole Miss. He had a bit of a strugglesome game in that game. But really, he looked good. His arm looked good. His receivers were out of whack. Like You put him with an NFL offense, and that offense is pretty solid. Obviously, they're not going to have Calvin Ridley. Got Kyle Pitts. Got Cordell Patterson. Got a decent O-line. Their their main needs are going to be defense. But here, you get your franchise quarterback. That's what's more important for them because they're not winning anything now anyway because of their defense. Take uh, Willis. And uh, move from that, and that would be a huge pick for them. Also a bit surprising, I'm sure. Yeah, no, nah, honestly, I, I wasn't expecting Malik Willis just that high. But 
everything that you're saying makes sense. I do not have them taking an offensive player. I actually was referring in my draft to what you were saying exactly right now is that they have absolutely nobody on defense. Like literally, I don't know if I could name a player that plays defense for the Atlanta Falcons right now. That they've is got how a corner. bad their defense they've, is. They've got AJ Terrell. Other than that, there's really not much else. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's scary out there. So I have them taking Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Oh, like um, he's a beast, man. He's kind of one of those guys that could come out there and be the captain of your defense. He reminds me a lot of a Logan Ryan when he was on the Patriots. He's got that kind of man-to-man coverage that you could p- throw him on another team's, you know, better wide receiver. I'm not sticking him on, you know, a type of Jalen Waddle or anything like that. That's going to get, he's going to get burnt. But if you need some type of man to man coverage, I'm not afraid to turn to Kyle Hamilton to kind of give me that premier coverage and defense. Yeah. Notre Dame. He was really good on tight ends too. That's something that that's important. He's a big body, bro. He is a big body for a safety. He hits hard. And like I said, he reminds me a little bit of a Logan Ryan. And he, if he could continue to build his body, we might even be able to, you know, see him get into that cam chancellor type of zone. if uh, If he could hit some guys. So either way, I have them taking Kyle Hamilton. Like realistically, this draft is so deep that I feel like you just can't go wrong if you're one of these top 10. And if you do, that's a big problem. It's a big problem. (laughs) That's that's a that's a Jets level mistake. Like only the Jets will find a way to mess up their top 10, you know, but enough ragging on them. We'll we'll let them actually pick before we start making fun of them. We will on Twitter. We will definitely make fun of them if they Absolutely. if they mess up. But uh, you brought up Cam Chancellor. You want to move on to his team. His team is also going to have a pretty interesting night, I think. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very. I I, I almost want to say rough for Seattle fans because they have no idea what to expect at no, this point. That's They're usually really, not a good thing. That is it, it, no. It, it sounds it, fun, it, but it's not. It's really it's not. Never. It's never a good thing. Um, another team that is taking calls right now to you know, look out of the top 10. I mean, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, the sky's falling, right? Like you just traded Russ. Drew Locke is your quarterback now. DK Metcalf is drinking chocolate milk or strawberry milk, just kind of by himself on the sidelines at this point. And there really just isn't much else going on around this team. So I have them getting Stingley. Um, That is if they decide to stay in the top 10. Um, I could very easily see them trading out. I think that they could be a little sleeper for Malik Willis as well. That would be really interesting to me if they bring him in and not even play him a first year. They sit him down and they just have him kind of redshirt and watch and then bring him in next year. That really, to me, would be a move that I think DK Metcalf might push on the organization. But if they're just looking for a kind of best player out right now, that's why I have them choosing Stingley. So mine's a bit of a two-parter because I do have I have them trading it, but I also have to prepare to say they don't because that's like kind of a thing, I guess. But um, if they keep it, I have them taking exactly who I have them taking. If they trade it, I've got them taking Kenny Pickett no matter what. So if they were smart and they are, John Schneider's a smart GM, even though they kind of got fleeced for Russell Wilson in a sense, but I would be calling up Philadelphia right now. I would be telling them if you trade from, if you trade for the nine pick right now, trade me the 15th pick and more. You can have Drake London because obviously at eight, they're not taking Drake London. Yep. You get the number one receiver in a lot of people's minds. Really, you can't go wrong, but you trade them. You trade them there. You can take Drake London. Now you get the number one receiver, and I get a pick that I could still take Kenny Pickett with because 14 through 10 are not taking quarterbacks. Absolutely. Therefore, you'd still get Kenny Pickett. However, 
assuming that happens, I would have the Eagles taking Drake London at nine. But just for the sake of I can't make a trade on here and they haven't made the trade yet, Kenny Pickett to Seattle is what I'm going with no matter what. Yeah, I like Pickett a lot, honestly. And a lot of people have him up there with Malik Willis. I think that that's kind of just some hate on Malik Willis. I think Malik has shown us a little bit more, especially in terms of I think Malik's arm strength is very slept on, being that just he went to Liberty. And being that he's a more mobile quarterback, people forget that this kid could throw the ball. So I don't mind them going with Pickett. Um, you're talking about Drake London, and I think that the Eagles are really set on him, truthfully. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles are going to try and work their way up. Um, some things I've been hearing on social media is that the Eagles are absolutely foaming at the mouth to get into you know, the top kind of 10 to 8, even like not obviously not with the Giants, but 10 to 6 from uh, whether it be the Jets, whether well, it be the Seahawks or Falcons or Panthers. They really want to get up there and they want one of these top wide receivers. See, that's the thing. I feel like 9 has to be the prime spot because I don't think at 9 – if Seattle's not trading it, the Jets are not going to trade 10. They want, they're going to want Drake London. I have right? them I mean, Drake London next, I, actually. I'm thinking more now that I'm going to flop 10 and 11. I must have hit the wrong one because I've got Sauce Gardner going 10 to the Jets. I would think he'd actually fall to 11, and London would go 10 to the Jets in that scenario. So I have London going 10 to the Jets. Because I, I think as well. they would... Joe Douglas might actually get naked if he sees that he can get Drake London in that scenario. So, yep. And here's the thing that for me, so we both have just to let the fans know, I have Stingley going number nine. You have Pickett or a trade in which they would also acquire Pickett. And then for number 10, we both have Drake London out of USC going to the Jets. Um, you can't go wrong with these receivers. You can't. I mean, they're all so good. You seriously can't. Um, the one thing that I was thinking is. Obviously, the Debo Samuel trade is on a lot of people's heads. The Jets did offer up this 10 overall pick, being that they would they could acquire Debo. Now, in your eyes, if with the number 10 overall uh, pick, you can essentially draft Debo Samuel, do you do it if you are the Jets? Oh, 100%. Although I wouldn't want to pay him as much as he wants, of course I would do it because he's just too good to pass up. I actually, because I'm a loser, I did a seven-round mock last night because I was so bored. I had uh, the 49ers taking like four receivers preparing for Debo to be gone. So I, I do think he might not be on the team anymore. Maybe not. He might not be traded this weekend, but they're going to prepare to have to trade him later on in the summer probably. Yeah, so. and it'll be real interesting if the draft passes and we don't see a move made tonight. Yeah. So it'll be that makes the pieces kind of very much more um what what's the term that I I want here? The assets become a lot more real when yeah. they're not just, you know, draft picks anymore. Yeah. When these are actual names on paper. I always used to hear that. I always used to hear the draft pick before it's used is more valuable. And I never understood that. I guess it's the opportunity of what you could have, but let's say you're the jets and everybody you want's taken. Drake London's taken at nine sauce. Gardner got taken earlier. Now, where are you left? Like, That's where, exactly like if you're left you with somebody you don't deep. want. Yeah. So, so those, the opportunity of it isn't good. If the opportunity doesn't look good, like if you're a late round pick, if you're a team like Detroit, uh, not Detroit, Kansas City, who has two picks late in the draft, and there's nobody there that you found find fi- viable to use, trade it. Like, don't don't keep it and think the opportunity of it is so great. It's not. Obviously, you don't want anybody, so don't take anybody. Yeah, so, we become very uh, like 
uh, obsessed with all of these assets building. We feel that the more assets, the oh, better. Oh, don't and I know? Really it. Is. I mean, yeah, as a Celtics fan, as a Celtics absolutely. fan, we had asset after asset. Where did it get us? I exactly. Mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. You got Tatum, all that. I mean, we'll get we'll get into NBA later. Yeah. But um, all of these assets, you got to do something with them at the end yeah. of the day. You know, you got to make the right moves. You got to pick the right guys that are going to help your team ultimately have success. Um, for the Jets, they don't tend to do that a lot. <laughs> so they don't. Obviously, if you lose out on a guy like Drake London, who probably was the guy you're going to turn to, or Sauce Gardner, all of a sudden you're left with, you know, you're sitting on your thumbs, and you're like, "Dang, do we have to force this trade for Debo now?" And in that sense, you're going to overpay. When they see your back is up against the wall, you're gonna you're gonna have to overpay, yeah. especially if it gets really into crunch time. And like you were saying, the pick is always better before it's picked. Um, I kind of think of that as the same way a car, you know, you see a car on the, at a dealership and it's got a nice price tag of say $50,000. The second you drive it off that lot, all of a sudden that's a $30,000 car and you didn't even do anything. So it's the same uh, concept with these athletes. They just want the, these teams want the freedom to pick whoever they want, you know? So I could see either Drake London at 10. That's what make the most, makes the most sense draft wise, draft pick wise for me. But I could totally see the Jets pushing that button for Debo as well. Yeah, that would be a very interesting point of the night, too. That'll be at around 10 o'clock because of how long the draft always goes, which is dreadful. But that'll be fun. So uh, we're going to wrap up the draft with just me telling you what the Packers are going to do. And before anybody gets a little concerned... I did not know I was taking two Georgia players. That was not like something I was praying for. It just kind of, it was a coincidence and it happened. At 22, I have the Packers taking George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia. A little bit of a reach for a lot of people. For the uh, the network that I used to do the dra- the mock draft, he was ranked like 53. Like they can go screw themselves. He's a lot better than 53. So uh, they could probably get him at 28, but I see them reaching here just not to lose him. I think he's tall, number one type guy when he's healthy. Of course, he's been unhealthy a lot, but but you saw in the national championship, he made a couple of big catches. So he's a really big catch guy. And uh, at 28, I also have them taking from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt, interior defensive lineman. This is a bit of a weird one because I know they really want an edge rusher, but at this point, there was nobody that I had that was worthy of being taken in the first round at edge rusher anymore. They were already taken. So Devontae Wyatt fills their second biggest need, or third biggest need, I should say. Past wide receiver. He's an interior defensive lineman. Would go perfect with Kenny Clark. They could finally really have something there in terms of run stopping. He was a really good run stopper at Georgia against some really good O-lines and really good running backs. So competition-wise, he played great teams. Devontae Wyatt, also very athletic for a big guy. So I think that would be a perfect one there. So, uh, that's who I have the Packers taking. Yes, it's two Georgia players. Yes, I'm a fanboy. Deal with it. But yep, deal with that. If you I got just, a problem, you know, tell yeah. your moms about it because we don't yeah. care. And just one more. This is every year. This is a bet. The number of SEC players on FanDuel over under 11, uh, 10 and a half. So I have 13. So I feel pretty comfortable with going the over there. Interesting. Um, Very go interesting. on FanDuel. Find that one in the NFL draft prop bets and uh, drill that one. Now, let me ask you, uh, obviously, you're talking about Green Bay having those two later picks. Is there a scenario you think that they're talking about in which they move up? Yes, they've actually I've heard of that a lot, but I always kind of take it as smoke and mirrors because 
They never do it. Like last yep. year, last year, I don't even think of the draft because of how hijacked it was. But a couple of years ago, everybody was saying, oh, they're going to move up. They're going to move up. They're going to move up. They're going to get a big receiver. They're gonna... They never do it. And this year, if they moved up, it would probably try to be into the top 10 to try to get Jordan Davis, maybe mid, mid top 10, mid 15, 16 to get Jordan Davis, to get an edge rusher like, well, they're not moving into the top five, unfortunately, to get one of those big guys because they don't have the assets for that. But yeah, I, I just think this has to be the year you get a receiver in the first round because of who you traded. That was your guy. Like every year you could say, all right, we didn't draft a receiver in the first round, but we have Devontae. Now you don't have Devontae. Now you yeah. have to replace him. I think George Pickens is a lot like Devontae. He's six foot six. Who wouldn't want a six six receiver catching the football for you? Like yeah. I know Aaron would. I know for <laughs> sure Aaron would. So Yeah, yeah we'll see. That's the type of help he needs. So I hope they could get your man's that help and then for sure. Green Bay could find some type of solidarity in knowing that they have a little bit of a wide receiver room after Devontae leaves. Yes. That would be so. ideal. Yeah. I'm just hoping to enjoy draft night again, all right? The last couple of years kind of sucked, all right? Yeah, no, it's going to be a good draft night. If you guys are interested, Most Sports TV will be live for the draft. Uh, we're going to be passing around some Hennessy, apparently. Um, yeah, it's going to be getting wild in there. Not sure if I'm quite ready for that, but... I don't think you we, are. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not, but... I will be there. Um, I will be, you know, obviously rooting for my Giants and all the above. I'm sure I'll have Andy be on FaceTime for his picks. Of course. And we will be, yeah, we'll be chatting it up. So I'll, like I'll be said, forcing down Pizza Hut all night. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Cannot. Nobody. Yeah, you can. You can. Nobody. Not a single person. <laughs> you won't be doing that. I will be doing that. Yeah, that's that's more of an Andy B move. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. I love it for him. And I'm, I'm glad that that's what you're, uh, you're finding. So Thanks. with that being said. You ready to take it over to Toronto, where we got some? Oh, uh, am I ready? To the six? To the six. The OVO Crafters. We got taken on the Philadelphia seventy seven. Ooh, the Philadelphia seventy sixers. Sixers coming in at minus one and a half on spread, minus one twenty two on the money line. Andy, how we feeling about this? They're looking to close out this series, by the way. Yeah, they're not going to. I think this is primed for Game 7, and I'm telling you right now, that Game 7 might be the most watched playoff game to this point. Like, the opportunity of Embiid and Harden blowing a 3-0 lead would just be too too perfect for me. So I kind of don't want to see Toronto lose either. The line is so small that basically you're picking a winner. It's 1.5. I have Toronto winning the game close, late, late run. And uh, really through the player performance <clears throat> doubles, really the only one I like is uh, Scotty Barnes, eight-plus rebounds and a Toronto win. Other than that, I really don't like any of them. So that at plus 215 looks good. But really the main thing is the plus one-and-a-half sounds perfect to me. I think Toronto wins this game. There's just so much momentum in Toronto right now. That place is going to be electric tonight. It is. Toronto's got a lot of energy. I'm sure Drake will be there. Mm-hmm. It will be cool inside, so. you know, heckling Embiid. Um, I really like that. For the value of it, Toronto being plus 104, I would have thought they totally would have screwed us over here and given us that double under money line. You know, when they like to get they like to give us a minus 106 and a minus 112, but they could go kick rocks for that. I'm taking the plus 104, and here's where I'm going, right? So I got Toronto winning this game 
But just in case, I'm going to hedge that with a player performance double of Harden 25 plus and a Philadelphia win. So I'm going to put one whole unit on Toronto to win and then a quarter of a unit on this Harden 25 and a Philly win because that sits at plus 460. So if that Toronto flop does happen, I think it will be at the expense of Harden finding his game again. So even if we lose that Toronto bet, we're going to hedge that with our Harden pick and kind of make our money regardless. Even, you know, if we do lose a little bit, I'm dying on the hill that I think Toronto wins this game tonight too. I like that. Yeah, I I really want to see them win it too because I feel like the NBA needs a game seven and I think this has the best chance to be a game seven. So I think it's pretty good. Hell yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that series really not much to be said. I mean, let's just, let's play some ball, right? That's yeah, uh, it's going to be a really good game and I'm excited for that one tonight coming at seven o'clock. You want to head down to the NL? You take us through that one? Yeah, uh, I find this weird. The start time's pretty odd. 7.30 for New Orleans. That, that felt weird for me. They're, they always seem like an 8.30, 9 o'clock team. But, um, yeah, this series is kind of weird with Booker not being there for most of it. But it sounds like he might be there tonight, right? I mean. Potentially. We, like, they talk so weird about it, man. And even FanDuel doesn't know yeah. what's going on anymore. You know what I like? For the Celtics series, Chris Middleton, we know he's out. Like, tell me he's out. All right, he's done. Don't give me he might come back game five, game six. Don't give me false hope. If he's going to play, play. This is what betters need. If he's going to play, he's going to play. If he's not going to play, tell me he's not going to play. Don't give me false hope because people are putting actual money on this now. So in this case, what do you want to do? Do you want to make it as if Booker's playing but not 100% or he's just not playing? We're going to say that he's just not playing for now. Okay. Until And you know what? How about this? We'll say that he's not playing, and then any updates that we got on Devin Booker, if they affect Twitter. our lines, obviously, absolutely, we will yeah. be putting it on Twitter. So make sure you guys follow us there if you haven't already, at ML Madness Pod. Any Devin Booker updates, any, you know, Luka Doncic updates with his calf, things like that, you yeah. know, Chris Middleton, anything down the line in the playoffs yeah. that come about, we're going to be making sure you guys stay on top of it because we're going to be on top of our bets. So for sure, for sure. So in the case of him not playing, obviously I'm going to still say the Phoenix, the Suns win, but all I have is the the minus two. I'm not taking any player performance doubles because I think it changes the way the game's played completely. And I don't trust Chris Paul right now. I love Chris Paul. Don't trust him right now. So I'm really, I, it scares me to go toward any because I think I did it for DeAndre Ayton the other day, right? And he barely got it. But then I think they lost the game. So yeah. it was um those types of things. I, for the Suns, it's very tough for me to take a player performance double without it being Devin Booker. Absolutely. No, I agree. Honestly, I it's a really tough game because I'm looking at it the same way where if he doesn't play, I think the Pelicans have a really good shot to win mm-hmm. this game. So if he does not play... Um, I'm looking back to my, my pops. I'm looking up at the big man in the sky oh, and God. the big man for me happens to be a man with slick back duck fat in his hair. And that is the seven footer, the one and only Jonas Valanciunas absolutely oh, monster on the glass. It just, it gets me so excited talking about this guy because he really is disrespected beyond belief. And one day when he follows me on Twitter, when I get to take <laughs> him out and have a nice dinner with him, I will be much appreciative 
of all the money that he has won me on FanDuel. So with that being said, Jonas Valanciunas, double-double, New Orleans to win, comes in at plus 160. With no Devin Booker, that's what I'm taking home. If you don't like that, well, not only can you go kick rocks, but I also got another one for you of Jonas Valanciunas putting up 12 rebounds and New Orleans also to win. That comes in at plus 200. And realistically, if you've been watching these games, you know Jonas Valanciunas is dominating DeAndre yeah. down low. It's kind of sad, realistically. It is. It's a little sad. Top going, pick. Top pick. Bro, DeAndre. going into this series, especially after last year, I was thinking, wow, DeAndre, and like, he's that guy. You know, it's going to be tough to stop him down low. And if he could get a little bit more size on him within the next year or two, like, he could be a really, like, a top two, three center in this league. But you got Jonas Valanciunas coming in and putting up 21 rebounds on his head. 21 rebounds, and Aiden is hitting his unders. Yeah. So I'm going with the. Jonas Valanciunas, double-double in New Orleans to win, plus 160. I also like a little bit of a sprinkle if we're going on a ladder in that case for a Jonas Valanciunas, 12 rebounds and New Orleans to win. Or if Devin Booker does play, I brought the backup just in case. Don't worry. Don't you sweat. I got the backup, and his name is Jonas Valanciunas. I have oh him. <laughs> no Devin Booker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, uh, so even if Devin Booker does play, I have Yodas Valachunas putting up 14 plus rebounds, and that is sitting at plus 118. So for the value, how does value, he get more if he plays? What? Trust, bro. I trust. <laughs> if listen to me, listen to me. Here's the thing: if Devin Booker plays, right, you have him running way more of a pick and pop type of situation true, with true. DeAndre Ian. That is pulling him away from the basket, yeah. and in turn. Jonas Valanciunas also spaces the floor more on the other side. So I think that he 14 rebounds, bro. When he's pulling in 20 plus in two games this series, I'm not even worried about. Yeah, 14. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be worried about it right now. They're, he's gonna get it regardless of who's he's playing. Really honestly, that good, dude. So I really like Jonas Valanciunas is that guy. So I'm turning back to him. I probably should have picked this bet the other day because that's what cashed and it didn't. I didn't have that one picked, but. We're going back to him, and I'm going with Jonas in that sense. Does Jonas have a cameo? I, I think know. I know what I'm going to get you for yeah, your birthday. Dude, <laughs> he, he probably should come out with one because, I mean, who who wouldn't want a Jonas Valanciunas cameo at this point? Come on. Honestly, I think everybody would. Well, DeAndre Ayton might not. but Yeah, no, Ayton might not. <laughs> I also do have one more prop if you're interested. They just actually came out because uh, there were no McCall Bridges props. Yeah. Uh, when we first started the episode, uh, the other night I cashed out on McCall Bridges over one and a half three pointers. He hit four of them. Um, he's been pulling up, so I have him hitting that line again tonight. That's coming in at minus one oh four for one and a half threes. Um, the volume is always there. It's just a matter of can he make them. And last night he shot seventy five percent. So I'm turning back to him. All we need is two. So McCall, let's ride. Let's uh, let's ride. Buddy. I like it. I like that one. Cool. One more. Right. We got one more game. Yeah, we are. We're going to Utah. This is a tough one because uh, the line is plus one. They just got their asses handed to them. So I really don't see them losing, but it's such an odd line to come off of like a what? 25 point, 35 point loss they had. So yeah. it's a weird line to me. It's dude, your money line's getting nothing. You got double minus money. I was going to say, like, we're, getting that, we're getting that funky fan duel likes to just. Oh. Man, that's just so annoying. A double minus money line, pick an underdog, man. Yeah, it means it basically means you have to take a player performance double or props to get anything. And and honestly, I haven't gotten to look through the player performance doubles just yet. So I'm gonna look through them while 
you say yours because I assume yeah, you have some. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, the past couple games are really concerning me in terms of what can Donovan Mitchell do to lead his team. And obviously, I'm a Knicks fan saying that, so I'm hopeful that one day he will be, you know, in orange and blue. But at this point, after watching well, he does games, go to Mets games. He does. He does go to Mets he games. Wears that doesn't that doesn't count. Obviously, the Mets, the little <laughs> brothers, whatever. Uh, well, well, yeah, he had to take a shot. Um, but. He hasn't done much, man. He really, in terms of leading his team, he's kind of squandered in these playoffs. And it's really concerning because we've seen him light it up in previous postseasons. So for him to come out and stink the way he has, it's really concerning. Um, I'm looking right now at Jalen Brunson over 20 and a half points. That comes in at minus 110. Brunson's an absolute bucket, and I feel like 20 is kind of even a little bit low for him. He's been putting up 23-plus now in four straight games. He had that one with 40. So with Luka back, he's going to rely on him to be that number two man, and that's where I'm putting my money. So do you have Dallas winning the game? I don't want to talk about that. I don't Uh, don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Because I I could get you with a Jalen Brunson 20-plus points and a Dallas wins at plus 205. That's what I'm hitting because I think they're going to win. At plus I get 205, you. I think we could sprinkle. You know, that's worth, you know, you don't even need to throw a half unit on a quarter unit for plus 205. Get your money's worth on just a little bit of a quarter unit. Two plus threes and a Dallas win for Jalen Brunson. Plus 235. Uh, very I mean, tempting. Jalen Brunson, really honestly, when Luke is on the floor, you would think he'd lose it a little bit. I, he doesn't. He had 23 points last game. Like, he's still a great player, regardless. Absolutely. He's also going to get paid this offseason he is he's gonna get big paid and he takes that pressure off of luca and that's really what they've been looking for is like anybody to do that they expected porzingis to do that he didn't they expected a little bit of uh dinwiddie to help him out a little bit but it's been jalen brunson that's that guy and it's funny because brunson being a point guard he has to he forces luca to move over to that two spot Mm -hmm. and he actually you would think he's more ball dominant but it's working out you know the same way we didn't think tatum and brown would work out with you know a ball dominant guy and a shooter we're now seeing a ball dominant guy and a guy that likes to run your entire offense making it work in dallas so it's really interesting yeah i can't wait for the summer when we get to talk about what team he's gonna play for that'll be fun yeah there's gonna uh, be a lot of suitors yeah a lot of people are very ready to pay jalen brunson it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting summer. Uh, I'm sure we're going to become banging out episodes of free agency, oh, banging wow. out clips constantly. Uh, like I said, if you guys aren't following us already, make sure Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at ML Madness Pod. We're posting content constantly, guys. We're getting up on the reels. We're getting the views up. So make sure you're following. Turn on the notifications and never miss out on uh, all the Moneyline Madness content. Never. You got a you got a little pick for me for this game. How are we feeling? Uh, for the Dallas game? Yeah, yeah, I got the Jalen Brunson twenty plus. Oh, so we're Dallas right. We're I feel really right good about Brunson. that one. Yeah, I, I didn't even I hadn't seen that at that point. It was one of the first ones that popped up too, and I was like, you were saying how you he's definitely gonna get twenty, and I feel that same way. He had great game last game with Luca there, and I think Dallas is gonna win. So, yep, which absolutely. also would end the Jazz's season, yes, and uh, thus would begin the Donovan Mitchell talk, which would be awesome for you because then you could dream and dream and dream dude and the thing is like yeah two weeks ago that seemed incredibly nice but right now with donovan mitchell shooting four for 17 i just i don't know well the question is is would you are you willing to be the jazz in that sense they make the playoffs every year the I mean, the Knicks don't even make the playoffs every year no honestly. you're right you're right beggars can't be choosers yeah. so you're that's that's a that's a i can statement. say i can say that i don't want to be the jazz 
The All Celtics right, don't want to be the Jazz, but like a Knicks fan can't really beg for what they aren't. Honestly. All right, pal. I mean, the kid has one good series against <laughs> Dirt against Kevin Durkant, and then you know, anti-vax Kyrie, and he wants to come out all bold. All hey. right. Well, I know well, if I got if I got one more pick for this game, I'm gonna go Reggie right. Bullock for over two and a half threes. Talking about former Knicks, uh, that's coming in at minus one twenty eight, and he's hit this line every single yeah, game. That's a good so. One. Yeah, I, I like that. He's been getting. I was actually looking last game to pick his unders because I know he stinks sometimes, but they've been finding him on open shots and he's been sinking them. So Reggie Bullock, props to you, my guy. Congrats on another good season. So we'll ride with you for three threes tonight. Hell yeah, good luck to him. And uh, before our next episode, uh, before our next episode, the Celtics will have a game against the Bucks. Can't wait to dive into that one. Wow, very interesting. You know, Sunday we'll be on a- afternoon. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Very interesting. You know we will be all over Twitter dropping oh, yeah. our picks for that game. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if you have anything else to add from the NBA side of no, things tonight. Unfortunately, I don't have any baseball either today because, frankly, I'm pretty pissed about baseball because of what happened yesterday. So I haven't really... Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't dug my claws deep no. into the slate of baseball yet, but I am sure... I see a lot of 1 o'clock games, so I'm sure that I'm going to be looking at the second half to. of the slate I think for... They- they're supposed to have all one o'clock games. I don't know if they all have one o'clock games, but the NFL, because of the ratings wise, they don't want to be like the NFL would kill them in ratings. Anyway, gotcha. So yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I like it because the Mets are completely off today. <laughs> yeah. No, the Mets are vibing. I mean, the Yankees play the Orioles, which is probably the closest thing you can get to off. Right. So, well, not for them. Uh, all right. I mean, we've been beating up on them. Let's, let's have some respect. All right, pal. Oh. Let's, uh, let's show some respect, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if for baseball picks, I'm sure if we find anything we like, yeah, we will we'll be dropping it on the socials. This has been Moneyline Madness episode 22. 22. 22. 2022. Episode 22. Let's go. That's on. Yes, sir. Sorry. Thank for you guys. For, yeah, it, it <laughs> happens. It's been a few times this episode. You're on your game. So it's all good. Thank you guys for tuning in. It has been real. My name is Matt Cherico. Obviously, on the other side, we got Andy B. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for today. We will see you guys next week with more NBA picks, more MLB picks, and probably discussing a little bit of this NFL offseason. So thank you all for tuning in. We will see you soon. Peace. Go dogs.